your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson, James Boyman, and Ryan Williams. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the American Toffee Podcast Transfer Deadline Day Special. Very, very pleased to be joined by both Alex and Ryan, the three amigos at the helm for this Twitter space. We're going to be running through all of the action and uh, giving an opportunity to as many of you to speak as we possibly can. But first, Alex and Ryan, can we get a mic check? And uh, how are you guys doing? Salutations. I'm doing pretty decent. I'm doing all right. Thank you. You both both are coming through crystal clear. And uh, obviously the deadline wrapped just, what, an hour or so ago. I think safe to say we were all hoping for maybe one or two additional signings to what we ended up bringing in, but we will reflect on all of that. I mean, Ryan, do you want to start by giving us kind of a, a rundown on, on your perspective going into deadline day? Obviously, Everton have done plenty of business up to now, but there were also a number of rumors flying around and I think some very clear needs for the squad uh, that we hope to address on the final day of the window. I think that's the big measure of the success of the window. Did we fulfill the needs and maybe get some stuff in addition to it? We had done a lot of business. I think what we had six ins before then. Um, I think the biggest need for me still was a true defensive mid. So we could play that four, three, three and possibly even push a Wobi up in a more dangerous area. Uh, even in the three, four, three. So it had to be someone that could play that six and also could play in a two. Um, I think the other big need was having more dynamic attackers from wide spaces. Uh, People say you need goals. I'm not really a believer that you just buy people that can score. It doesn't quite, I think, work that way. Um, I don't think we needed a center forward, though. Uh, I mean, no other teams in the Premier League really would have had four. None, like not a single one. Um, only really two teams have three Brighton has maybe that, but they don't really use their guys as, as center forwards. So that, I, I don't think that was necessary. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Malpe give us plenty in down the middle for now. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to see a wide attacking player as well. I think, I think that's it, you know, some sort of dynamic, even if they weren't a wide player, if they could tuck inside and allow us to play the three, four, three, or maybe move Wobi out wide, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I also don't really subscribe to this replace Richarlison thing. I don't think that's the right way to look at things. We just needed to improve the attacking output and options in some capacity. And look, those are a little related too. So uh, that's the way I looked at it. I, I don't think our back line's very good, but I think certain other things outside of those needs were not going to be addressed today anyway. Curious your thoughts as well, gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we're pretty much in agreement, Ryan. We the, th- the three of us have talked about it on the pod quite a bit. We talked about it in the in the last episode. In the Leeds post-match, you know, the, the options off the bench and Frank's decision not to use a sub, I think we, and you look at those options that he had at his disposal, there's no one to bring off the bench in an attacking sense that gives us that dynamic option. So uh, agreed with that, but we did have a, a fairly busy deadline day. I mean, we've got a couple guys in before the deadline, uh, one of whom was linked with us for well over a month, but we managed to get it over the line in time. And that is, of course, Adrissa Ganagay. Um 32 years old, as is has been well-documented from PSG, seems to be that the fee is around £2 million, reduced wages from what he was being paid in Paris, and naturally. Um, and this is a guy, I mean, I think we've all gone on record hoping that he would we'd be able to get this deal done. A defensive midfielder that we've been crying out for 
allows us to use our current crop of midfielders in ways that I think better suit them. Um, Alex, uh, your, your, I guess, initial thought on, on gay getting over the line. Yeah, I think it's going to be, he's going to be a really important signing for us. Um, I believe he essentially slots right into the midfield. Um, Hopefully, you know, as we've been crying out for, um, and as Ryan maybe briefly alluded to, you know, we could see Iwobi maybe pushed up further in the attack uh, now that we've signed uh, Ghana and then, uh, you know, James Garner, who we'll talk about next. So overall, um, and, and also too, you know, two mil with, with uh, reduced wages is always a positive thing for us too. So excited about it. And I think, uh, I think he'll be much needed in the midfield. Any concern from either of you guys over the age? I know we've talked wanting to go younger, but on a short-term deal, an older guy who I think is a pretty known article um, doesn't doesn't really bother me too much, especially when you look at the age profiles of the other players that we brought in, namely, you know, James Garner at 21 years old. Um, it I mean, bothers you- me, but it, it's what's the market going to bear? I mean, the prices are outrageous. Chelsea came in at the last minute with a 50 million euro bid for Edson Alvarez, who I think is terrific. But I mean, what are your options? You have to improve on what you already have or else what's the point? Um, in theory, Onana, we saw him play the six the other night. Uh, he's one option. Decore, Alon, who's still here, can all play the six. Not incredibly well. That's not their natural position. But this guy is a lot better than that. So my point is, I would love to get a young, aspiring player. But you know, currently, in terms of their aptitude, to get a player that would be better than those guys at that position, Edson Alvarez is our benchmark right now. Um, if it's going to cost 45 million pounds... I think this is a pretty decent stopgap. And and look, part of the problem with this market is everything was sixes were crazy. There were so many bought and then center forwards are very expensive. So unless you're going to sell and buy in the same marketplace where, you know, there's no real kind of arbitrage, shall I say, uh, you know, you probably don't want to do that. So I, I think that's kind of my take. I think looking at the alternatives out there, this is a very good one and it's going to help us immediately for a relatively minimal fee. Right. And as you said, James, I mean, Onana, Garner, you know, we've got Warrington that we'll talk about, you know, Onyango, Tyler Onyango is out on loan too. Um, a lot of young, like promising midfielders as well. It's, it's just no surprise that we needed someone to slot in and be able to perform in the starting 11 now. And, and that was probably going to be, you know, he is the best we were going to get, especially with the, you know, financial impact or lack thereof. Yeah, I think that's right, Alex. Um, and just so people are in the audience know, we do want to get people on stage. We're going to kind of give different slots in the show up. We've got a couple of people requesting already. If you do want to get in, um, definitely raise your hand. We are going to, again, kind of segment it a little bit. So we'll tee you up for a question. But before we get to our first guest of the evening, who will be able to give their thoughts on both ends today, Ryan, why, if you would give us a little bit of a uh, rundown on James Garner, the arrival from Manchester United. Happy to. Um He's 21. He's more of a central mid. Uh, we saw the fee was, I've seen eight or nine, uh, seven million in add-ons could go up to 15 million pounds. Like I said, use the rule of 15%, knock it on to get to the real fee. Uh, <laughs> he's been on loan of the championship for two years. He started with Rod Watford for half a year, then went to Forest uh, for a year and a half. He's not really a six. Uh, he did play one in the England U21s. I didn't think he played it very well. Uh, not really a 10, but he did play it at times with Forrest. He, he's kind of a ball playing eight for me. He's got good passing range. Doesn't carry it very often. Works. He'll kick someone for sure. Apparently he has tremendous character. Ashley Cole was an assistant, I think, on that team. So I'm sure he knows him well. He knows the city. He's from B- born in Birkenhead. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, he's really young. He doesn't turn 22 till March. I mean, he's tall. He's 6'1". He's aggressive. I will say this, though. His gift is his right foot. I mean, he was taking all the set pieces, a lot of corners for for Forrest, any sort of free kick, even for the U21s, he would take it even from distance and he can shoot it, um, dip it, you know, do some stuff with it, too. So that is a nice benefit. I think he has a lot to work on. I don't see him playing much of an active role this year, uh, but there is some material there. And if he's got a great attitude, he could get he could get better. Um, the only issue I would have for that is. You know, for that fee, there are a lot of good players out there, too, that you could have gotten that maybe are better or more promising. And and but I think they know this kid and it's very obvious character and, and action oriented players. Those two things were a big, big part of the window, I think, this summer. Yeah, I'm personally pretty excited about um, the James Garner pickup. He's a guy that I've watched um, a little bit over the last couple of years, uh, as Ryan alluded to in, in the championship. I mean, he's got it all in him, it seems. And he's very driven. Um you know, it, it was mentioned, I think, in his interview, I believe that he's been a, you know, captain of all the teams up until like, you know, senior in, in England. Um, so, you know, he's got those leadership qualities, you know, seems to be exactly as Ryan was saying, the character that we want. Um, and also from a financial perspective, it seems like, uh, you know, all he can do is go up from here in terms of value. And and ideally he can, you know, slot right in and, and do a bit part role as like a squad member this year. Yeah, uh- Agreed with you, Alex. I mean, I, this wasn't one when I saw the initial links that I was you know, as excited as some of the guys we didn't get, but a prospect for the future, a player who's been described as having a little bit of everything in his locker uh, is an interesting one. And and again, the additional depth in midfield, though, I, I still have some question marks about some guys who did stay, namely why isn't all getting minutes, but he, no question he has the, the players around him to help him develop into a, a quality midfielder and you know, I think some of the concerns that were raised, or at least that I saw raised, were like, well, you know, he played for Forrest for a year and a half. Why weren't they champing at the bit to sign this kid on a permanent, even though they signed 20 other players? He's probably not quite ready for the Premier League, as Ryan pointed out. It's a big step up. Um, he'll, I'm sure he'll get some minutes this season, unless we can stay fully healthy all year. But one for the future, as you said, a fairly reasonable fee and a well-rounded player that I think can be versatile for us in the center of the park. So um, not one that I'm too over the moon about, but one that I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm pretty content with and feel pretty confident in. I think you do make a good point though, about not buying him. I mean, I, I mean you look at the guys that they did. I mean, Oral Mangala is a pretty good player at Stuttgart. I mean, he's not that much more expensive. Um, I think those are fair questions to ask, honestly. Well, I, I would contest that. I, I thought I saw on Twitter some things about, how United didn't know that they were going to let him leave for quite a while. And by the time, you know, by the time essentially that that was decided Forrest had already gone and signed some midfielders, I can't confirm nor deny that, but I'll go to bat just, just to try to prove a point and say, it's my boy. Well, that's fine. But then look at Lewis <laughs> O'Brien too. Is he better than Lewis O'Brien or not? I don't know. It just depends on what we're looking. He's younger. So I think it's fair though. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know. That's. I, I am very excited to have a, another James in the squad. Uh, because we haven't had one since since Hamas departed. And uh, it's nice to have, you know, a relatable guy who I see myself in a little bit. I, I, I feel like I could have been him. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> he is not like him, though, because you know someone's going to listen to that and say, you said he's just like... I did, no, I'm not saying they're similar in no way whatsoever besides the name. That's all I'm saying. And that's not even pronounced the same. So with that, uh, I think it's a good opportunity to get our first guest of the evening up. Let's get um, Let's get Patrick in here. I know he's been on a few past bases. We haven't been able to get him in the mix. So um, 
would love to hear his thoughts, Patrick. Uh, on either of the two ends from today, would love to hear uh, your take. Hi, lads. Can you hear me all right? How you doing, Patrick? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, Patrick? This is great to hear your actual voice <laughs> rather than you and I going yeah, back I, um, in, in ways that people are like, how do you even know these guys? My awful um, Yorkshire tones. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm just... just uh, my phone's on last legs on its battery, so I'll be quick. Um, yeah, I think I think overall um, it's been a decent window. I think the frustration just comes from, and I think it, it'll probably apply across the board for everybody. But it feels like it's been like this for the last few windows. Um, it's not the business Everton have done that's the problem. It's the it's the one or two deals that we missed out on, and I think I just worry with this squad um, where the goals come from. But look, we've we've improved. I think numbers-wise, we've improved in the defence. Um, if if Mina could stay fit, that would be a huge boost, but at least we've got those numbers in. Uh, Midfield-wise, I think is a definite improvement. Um, hopefully, if Alan is staying, then maybe he even adds competition for Garner in there, but we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I think uh, I've been told the club are very keen still to move him on, so um, that might happen with certain transfer windows still being open. Um, but yeah, it's just I think it's those forward areas, and but like Ryan says, we can't. We're not a club without Europe, especially to um, be having three out. Well, three or four out and out strikers in our squad. We just we're not there. Not you know, we're just ones that can just play centre forward. Um, so we really needed that versatile player. Um, that play, but that's what we're missing. I think just that player that adds a bit of spark a bit of consistency to our attack. I think we've got players that, while they can be brilliant on their day, in Gordon and Gray, um, McNeil maybe even just, they're not they're not those players that do it consistently yet. And look, some of that's you, down to youth. I think in Gray's case, it's down to the fact that he's just that type of player um, and will always be that type of player. Uh, because if he could string it together consistently, I think you know he has the talent to be a 30, 40 million pound player, but he just can't do it. Um, but on the plus side, bringing in more midfielders, Pusher will be up. Maybe he'll be able to influence the game higher up. I suppose that's the hope. The worry then is, I guess, Iwobi's been so good in midfield. Do you take away that side of his game where he's getting on the ball all the time and seeing so much more of the ball and looking so much more confident? So, but the, overall, I can't be can't complain about the business that we've done. I just think we've we're one quality player short. Um, Again, it's not about replacing Richarlison as such. It's just getting that consistency, getting that composure, I think, is a massive thing that we lack in the final third. You know, we all watch a lot of football. I do for a living. And you just see sometimes those... those You, you know when a player has it. And we just we just seem to lack those players. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I stand with it. Yeah, I'm probably right there with you, really. I mean, the team looks a lot different if you have someone out there that, that you know is a constant threat. Even someone with pace, and we'll get into some of the people that we missed out on and talk about them and how they may have impacted the team. I think that'll be an interesting conversation, so I don't want to steal that thunder. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, that, that's the, I mean, Chukwueze, for example, look, at, I, I really liked the look of him a few years ago. Then I know he's had his injury troubles. Um, I think he was in great form, wasn't he, when Villarreal won the Europa League, but he got injured. Did he get injured in the semi-final or right at the start of the final? I can't remember. Um, but he'd been in brilliant form the kind of the back end of that season. Just seems like, but even just someone like that who just adds that real flair, that real threat. Um, but again, he wouldn't have been particularly consistent, I don't think. Um, but maybe it'll come maybe in January. We're going to have the funds to 
to go and do some real, you know, to actually go and do some business. And the flip side of this weird congested season is that I think there's 11 league games until the season breaks up for the World Cup. Now, you know, we you can look at it that combined with the games that we've had, well, that's nearly half of the season gone. But on the other side, it's like, well, it is only 11 more games to get through. And if we do have an idea of what we want in January, then hopefully the funds are there to go and get it. I mean, it seems like there's going to be something there. My guess is the issue with Chuck Weezy was the the obligation to buy was too high because they seemed willing to to leave him. You know, Pino seems like he's doing very well out there. Yeah, that's the thing. You're right. He is a little inconsistent. But a guy with that kind of pace that can dribble somewhat, it changes things. You know, you have to back off that player. You can't go at him. It, it provides us time and space on the ball. And he's at least a consistent threat in that way. Right, Patrick? I mean, that that that's and it's important. And I don't know if we quite have that, um, but maybe with a little better consistency in the midfield and the ability to retain the ball, um, maybe those guys will have a little more time and space. Um, it, it's a, it's a great point, though. Um that dynamic difference maker, I don't think we came came out with for sure. Um, James, Alex, you guys want to hit someone else? You want to get into the outs real quick before we go into speculation? Yeah, let, let's let's go to. Well, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I was going to say let's uh, hear if maybe one other person had any closing thoughts on Ghana and Garner. Sure. Moved out. Thanks, Patrick. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I know it's late over there, so enjoy the rest of your evening. Let's get a uh, let's get Nick Weinstein up here. Uh, also, Ryan has pointed out to me. Uh, in text message that we also signed James Tarkowski. So we got another James. Um, that was a boneheaded moment on my part. So uh, I'll just have to, I wanted to call that out because I know people are like, Oh, he didn't know. what it Sean Khan said it. It was Sean Khan who brought okay. it to my attention. He just Whoa. didn't want to interrupt you and call you out immediately on the pod, which shows you what a classy guy he is. <laughs> he is a classy guy. He is a classy guy. We'll get him on. In now a exposed. Bit. Yeah. Exposed. Let's get, uh, let's get Nick Weinstein up here. Give his thoughts on the ins from today, and even if any of the ins uh, for the window at large. Hey, Nick, how's hey, it going? Hey, guys, can you hear me? All right. Yep, you're cool. good, man. I'm uh, driving from Boston back to the fam's house in Connecticut, so I wanted to make sure I didn't miss out on this one. The scenic drive. The scenic on. drive, nice sunset. Can't complain. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat as Patrick. I thought at the end of the day, I was expecting us to get that. Game breaker is the word I've been looking for in. Um, we knew Ghana and Garner were near done, but I do think we lacked that game breaker that could play hopefully on the right side. And hopefully in January, we'll splash some cash and get someone like that. But Ghana was the most important signing of the window for me. Um, we needed a six. We needed a guy that we could trust there mainly so we could push a couple other guys up the field, I think. This is so important for a Wobi and allowing us to get him up into a true, hopefully, number 10 role and, and just start to create a little bit more. Um, we didn't have that presence. We haven't had that presence of someone. And a Wobi can't be in two different places at once. We get a few goals for uh, Mape and for DCL and um, Gordon, McNeil, Gray, hopefully across the line. But really, really happy we got Ghana. Obviously, we only paid $2 million for him, so that's not a bad fee. And then in a year or two, if we need to splash some cash on a younger six, we can do it at that time. But Ghana's a great stopgap for us. I'm super happy he's back. I loved him when he was first with us. And um, Garner, I'm, I'm mixed on. I don't think it was necessarily a need of ours. Uh, I would have rather us gotten a attacking player and, and not signed Garner, but I'm not displeased with the signing of Garner. I think it 
it does show that we do have somewhat of a plan in place, as you guys mentioned earlier, with signing high-character guys. Um, the combination of Garner, who's 21, and Onana, who just turned 21 at least, shows that we have two promising eights. But like Ryan's mentioned, I think we need to be patient with Garner. This isn't a, a kid that's going to come in and just start displacing our other options. And now we look at the eights we have, and we have Onana, Garner, Allen, DeCore, and Tom Davis. We have five number eights. Uh, so I don't see Garner making too much of an impact this year, but we are also probably the most injury-ridden team over the course of the last few seasons, so he could have a point where he does need to come in and play. But overall in the window, um, I give it a B. I think we improved the depth of the squad. I think when, we're, when and if we're healthy, it's a better squad than last year, but a lot of that is going to rely on the likes of DCL coming back and being healthy and God knows if we could get a healthy Yeri Mina back. I'm not going to hold my breath on that. But overall, I think uh, with this squad, we've done enough to secure safety. And my goal for this season was to be relaxing by the time May rolls around. Nick, you don't want to be on the, the edge of your seat in the second half of the second to last game of the season. I'm with good. Our survival on the line. Yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, Nick, appreciate your thoughts. Appreciate your contributions, as always, man. And uh, enjoy the rest of your drive. We'll talk to you soon. All right, gentlemen, let's keep it moving here. We've obviously got a few people still waiting to request. You will. We will try to get you all up here. We've got a few other things to get through and give you the opportunity to comment on. I mean, maybe the biggest news of the day, besides the James Garner arrival, which, and obviously the, the... Ghana announcement is the some of the departures that we had. And I think the biggest one that we want to lead with is, of course, Andre Gomez out the door. Hadn't seen a sniff of the field at all this year. Known that we were desperately trying to get rid of him. And it looks like we found a taker in Liga. And that is Leo. Paolo Fonseca doing us a favor, taking the Portuguese man off our hands. As many have already joked, we have now got significantly uglier as a squad but also significantly cheaper in terms of wages from their contributions. Uh, your, both of your thoughts on uh, Gomez's departure, and I know we had a couple others as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, that it's a separate deal from, you know, Onana coming the other way. I don't know, maybe Ryan would have thoughts on whether or not that was more of a function of, of the financial aspect. Um, but either way, or maybe it's just timing in the market. Um, but either way, you know, it's it's kind of a disappointing end to it, right? Like, I, you know, I, I was pretty excited about Gomez coming um, that summer. I think a lot of fans were. He had some, like, pretty good performances. Obviously, never the same after, you know, after the injury. And, and it's not working out. But I'm glad that, you know, he's going to Lille, getting some playing time. Um, he won't be... You know, I hope they're wowed by his style over his substance, just like our fans were in the first year. Um, the, the, the <laughs> Had to throw the, that in there, Ryan, huh? Yeah, the weirdest <laughs> part about it is, though, how crazy is this? So they've been playing four-two-three-one, which is weird because Fonseca, that's not necessarily his thing. Um, and right now, the two in the middle is Angel Gomes and Benjamin Andre. So you've got like, <laughs> now you've got another Gomes in there and an Andre. For Andre, it's just absolutely ridiculous, really, if you think about it. Um, I would think he's going to play a lot because Angel Gomes is is pretty young and really didn't play much coming into this year. Uh, I can't imagine they're paying a ton of his wages, but I, I don't think anyone would have had as much a problem, Alex, when, when we bought him if he wasn't on such an outrageous wage, but I guess you should have known that when he was signed with, 
with Barca. It's just a shame. You think about this guy who's literally one of the best players in La Liga before he went to Barcelona. But anyway, moving on, we got another out too that I think was maybe late arriving. I, I mean, he was said to be going out, Lewis Warrington, but we couldn't figure out where the heck he was going right until very recent. Yeah, it's confirmed Fleetwood Town in League One. Which is maybe surprising to some, you know, thought that maybe he could have, you know, nicked a championship loan per se. But obviously a positive these out on loan now. Um, it seems like, you know, the Ghana slash Garner arrivals decided, you know, pushed it over the edge for Frank to let him go. Yeah, I feel good. I, th- I mean, it, he's obviously seen limited minutes in preseason and had an appearance the other day. But clearly one for the future, if, if anything, and just game time is all that really matters for him. And I think he'll see plenty of that with Fleetwood Town, given uh, their their troubles so far this season, Ryan, what do you think about his prospects on loan? I mean, he impressed me in preseason. I saw him play last year at Tranier and it just wasn't the the best quality football. So hopefully it's a little bit better in terms of what he's dealing with, but these young guys, there's just nothing to prepare you for that. You know what it's like with adults in a big games that really matter and fans and it's a pressure cooker and it's a good experience for any young player. And it's, it's the route. Now the PL two is just simply too, too low a level for the premier league. So you got to be smart about this. It seems like I think most of our loans kind of make sense, at least to me. Uh, I look forward to us expanding that loan manager capability that was talked about going into this year, and they probably haven't quite put in place, but it seemed like there was some thought behind it. Um, I'm also kind of curious. Well, I'd love to hear what you guys think until and then get into some of the names of guys that could probably still go out. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of guys that could still go out, there's obviously still some leagues that have their window open so could see some departures out the door i mean in our notes here the the three which would be in question i think are still solomon rondon obviously alon and then michael Keane being the last of the three say maybe davies could be on that list Mm, you think davies is going to like saudi arabia (laughs) turkey or something i don't know i i I genuinely don't remember which, which leagues are still open um but Anyway, continue, please. <laughs> those two are. Those two are, for sure. I feel like Turkey's still open for, for maybe half a week or something like that. Saudi, some other ones, too. Um, but no, I, I don't mean like Liga, Liga Mekis. I don't think anyone's going to that one. I think Belgium's still open, but those guys aren't going to go to leagues like that. Um, Russia. Um, those are some of the big ones, at least. China, <laughs> no, they don't really do it anymore. That's it. I mean, what do we think? Do we think it's... it's... I mean, Patrick came on and said... He... You know, he's hearing that it's possible that the club are still eager to get rid of Lon. We've been saying on the pod week after week, why the heck isn't this guy playing? There's got to be something between him and Frank. I mean, there has to be. He's way too good for that. I mean, he's you can't tell me this team after watching him play and our inability to keep the ball that he can't be useful. Um, and, And I understand maybe he's not perfect for the profile itself, but he's debatably our best possession player, let alone midfielder. Um, I don't know. We hadn't ever really seen him too play in a three. And it seems like this is an opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, it's just a shame. And I, I kind of had hopes that we might hit the South American market in, in January. And it would be nice to have kind of a leader or someone that comes from that region of, of the world. Um, we'll see how that plays out. You know, and Amin is in his last year too, as is Elon. Uh, we'll see, you know, I mean, it certainly wouldn't hurt us this year if he stayed. I know his wage is still considerable, but I don't just, it's all really fascinating to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily want to see him leave. And I've been puzzled as to why he's, you know, left out. And, you know, we're struggling throughout, you know, the beginning of the season that we're playing, you know, three days apart and he still doesn't get a minute, which is very puzzling and also very telling. So, you know, the only thing I'll say is being on the 
last year of his contract, just like Keen, I, I would really hope in the position that we're in, you know, we could recoup some sort of fee, you know, which would be the goal, right? Because why, why send him on loan? I mean, I guess to cover whatever half of his wages in some obscure league um, for the season, but it seems like he would be, you know, worth more to us than that, unless it's just absolute divorce. Yeah, I think that's right, Alex. I, I, I think, although, you know, Gomez being the exception to the rule where a lot of these guys have, just sort of run down their contracts at Everton. And I think, you know, while we're talking about the outs, just quickly hit the other ones and then we'll get someone on here to kind of talk about who, you know, their thoughts on, on the outgoings is because we did have a ton, obviously the, the headliners were Charleston, but we also saw John Joe Kenny, Cenk Tosin leave on Yango um, out on loan, I believe. And then we had, of course, a number of other loans. We had Joe Virginia, Trier, Astley, Jared Branthwaite, um, Ella Sims, Nathan Broadhead, Nkunku, Bamin, so on and so forth. Um, so a lot of outgoings. I think we've had more success moving guys out than we have in the recent past, at least. Um, but let's get let's get Sean Khan, uh, the man who put me on the spot, calling me out uh, up here to to talk about his thoughts on the outgoings. He's now going to answer. Yeah, he's going to answer for for his actions. How you doing? In front John? of everyone. <laughs> What's going on? Sorry, I didn't hear the last part. No, you're good, man. Your thoughts on, I guess, the outgoings and uh, maybe the window as a whole. Uh, I thought the outgoings were incredibly impressive. And, uh, you know, as a a big Red Bull fan uh, and kind of knowing Thelwell coming in, I was excited to kind of see that he he was the choice. And he's been known to negotiate very shrewd deals, you know, with a shoestring budget when he was at Red Bull. And to kind of see what, you know, he's gotten to do in his first window – is pretty impressive when you think of the outgoings, given the wages, you know, I know we've all talked. I don't think a lot, any of us really thought Andre had a, a shot to leave given his high wage bill. And then also too, he's, he still has another year after this, but for him to get gone uh, to, to Lille, and uh, I'm sure he'll get some sort of playing time there, I, I think is a, a gigantic win. Now, if the wage structure is, you know, 90, 10, where we're paying 90%, obviously I, I kind of discredit a little bit, but like, if it's a 50-50 split, I mean, that's a, a massive win in itself. So, um, But to get Delhi gone, I think, um, and put him in a, an environment where he probably will get a lot more playing time and, you know, can maybe do some things uh, is good. JPG, the same thing. Uh, you know, Branthwaite, obviously, putting him in a spot where he's going to play uh, on a good team. So I think the outgoings for us have been incredibly impressive um, and – Maybe you can see Rondon potentially leaving um, if, in one of those leagues within the next week that, that are still open. The Alon thing, uh, to what you guys say, is incredibly devastating to me because I, I think he has a role to play still. I, I think he's still very, very good. Um, you know, obviously you'd think in the six that Ghana would, of course, start over him. So, you know, where does he play? Maybe he's kind of a backup to Decore or, you know, he plays one of those other spots. But for a guy that is as kind of good of a teammate, you know, as you can think, I, I don't think it's, it would be hard for me to believe that it, it's some sort of locker room issue that he did something. Uh, I, I, what I really hope is, and, and this is just hope more than anything is that he's just still trying to get good from his sports hernia deal. But yeah, it, it's kind of crazy that um, we've kind of hear, heard nothing regarding him uh, in interviews or, or whatnot. And even throughout this window, there's been kind of just no real reported interest. So just very strange on him. Yeah. And, and when he's spoken about, it's just vague injury terms, right? It's never, yeah. you know, it's never anything substantial or 
definite, unlike every other player that's mentioned in regards to injury, um, you know, every week. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I agree with your outgo. The outgoings were really impressive. And I think it's good to see a lot of the names that, you know, fans maybe have been shouting about, you know, finally getting into the loan setup for a couple of years now. Right. Ellis Sims at Sunderland was, you know, he, he's having a really, really bright start um, to, to his loan there too, which I think is really exciting. And, you know, that, that makes another point, you know, Ryan was talking about earlier how we don't necessarily need another center forward. Well, maybe, you know, Ellis Sims banging him in, in, in the championship for Sunderland, Sunderland this season is exactly what we need for the future and the near future could, could be even that's, that's a stretch, but point nonetheless. Sean, any uh, final thoughts on the the window as a whole before we we're going to get into, I think the last piece, which is obviously talking about the guys we missed. So um, just give us your kind of overall summary and we'll, we'll move on. Yeah. yeah uh, it, as a whole, I think the window was very successful. I, I, I completely, you know, appreciate the sentiment of, of not getting a game changer at kind of the, you know, today. Uh, and I think we all, uh, or say all uh, very loosely. I think uh, a few of us uh, thought that we would potentially get uh, a third in addition to Ghana and Garner. And, um, but I also think too, uh, for me, that's a very good sign in a weird way that this club is doing things right. Right. Like I think in past windows, we would pay that crazy obligation to buy for Samuel Chuck Wazy, or we would pay this exorbitant fee for Cody Gakpo. Right. Like those you know, and, and be irresponsible, right? So this idea that we're not being, um, you know, we're not kind of acting, um, you know, to to what I think we all want in the current moment. And then a year later, we can probably look back and say, oh, no, that was a good decision by the club. Um, but yeah, just just quickly, I think the Onana sign, signing to me is, is the biggest signing of this window. And the only reason I say that is it's a signing of intent. Um, I think for us to see us sign a player like that. You know, of course, Moise Keane was the last one, but this guy I think is going to play obviously a, a much bigger role for the team. And you're already seeing it kind of forcefully just given our injuries. But I mean, so much potential, uh, obviously for us, uh, it, it's just exciting to get a player like that. He, lo- he It seems like he already loves being here. And I, I think for me, just getting to see him grow and, and you know, I'm excited to see his development, not only uh, for the short term, but the long term. Another guy I'm really excited about, I know he's kind of gotten off to a, a tough start to some, but is Dwight McNeil. I think he's going to come good. Uh, you have to understand, too, that he's played left the left side most of his career. Only under Mike Jackson, basically, they kind of made him, you know, switch to the other side and, and, and give him some creativity with the inside, which he was excited for. He did an interview, um, I remember, uh, just because, you know, of course, we were paying attention to those teams very well uh, last year. Um, and, and talking about how he was kind of looking forward to being inside. So I think this is still kind of a, a change of, of pace for him in regards to getting used to being on the right wing. He's really the only guy on the team right now that can play that. So I think he's just, you know, he's having some, um, you know, growing pains in regards to getting used to that position. But then also, too, the front three is just not settled, right? So let's give him some time, similar to Onana and, and similar to these other guys. And then also, too, on James Garner, I love the signing uh, in regards to just, similar to the intent, right? I look at a team and I know we're in a different stratosphere than them, but Southampton and what they did this window with some of the signings like Glavia, Bazunu and the two kids they, they signed for Man City. And it's just, it's, it's good for us to sign youth, even though they might not, given the depth that we have uh, currently, it, he might not play that much. Uh, he is a guy that is going to get used to the system, is going to understand what we want to do. 
And if he's called upon, I think he's going to, you know, play uh, pretty good, um, you know, especially compared to some of the fringe guys we had. So for me, I'm excited to when we get some of these guys back, especially DCL Decore, get these guys in. We're going to have, I think, a much better bench. Interested to see how Mope does. I wasn't the biggest fan of his signing, but I, I do think that he serves a need. Um, and then, of course, Ghana, I think, uh, you know, just the nostalgia seeing him him back, I think, was just worth worth its weight in the two million. Uh, but I, I like our incomings and I like the timing in some of these things like the Tarkowski one. I know we kind of were a little bit doubtful at the beginning, but you look at kind of when we signed him, you know, now he's kind of somebody that we need. Right. We might have our opinions of him, but, um, you know, the club, I think, did a good job of, of getting him on a free because, yeah, you know, you think of our center back death without him. Right. So uh, overall, if I had to give uh, this window a grade, I would probably say a B plus to A minus and the, what would change it from an A minus is if, if they actually got a uh, wheel to take um, a good portion of Andre Gomez wages. Cause I think that's just a masterclass by Thelwell. So that, that's what I would think about this window. Well said, Sean. And, and thank you for your contributions as always uh, appreciate your participation and hope you're looking forward to uh, resuming life as yourself on the discord and letting the bit of pretending to be a, you know, who the manager go. Absolutely. All right, man. Until next time, appreciate you coming on. All right, guys. The next piece we want to hit on is the misses of the window. Um, The ones that got away, as they say, we'll run through them pretty quick. And then we want to kind of open up the floor for folks to to come on and kind of give their window grades as well. So I think the first one we hit, Mohamed Kudus from Ajax. We thought that the dominoes might fall. They looked like they were starting to fall. The moves were taking place, shaping up to let us have him. But Ajax decided they weren't going to do us a solid and uh, neglected to let him go. Ryan, I guess your thoughts on this one. I know you were uh, pretty excited about the prospect of him at Goodison Park. If I'm him, I'm really angry. Uh, I don't understand this at all from my ex's perspective. I don't see what it, what good it does for them. Um, the way I look at it is this. Look, I mean, Anthony went out, Ocampos came in. So that's kind of a wash positionally. Uh, Tadic, they moved him inside. So if he's going to play with Taylor and start every match, who are the next guys off the bench? I mean, Bergheis and, and Klassen are playing ahead of Mohamed Kudus. So he's basically fifth choice in two center mid spots. I mean, how does that help him at all? How does that help Ajax? I mean, a minimum loan him out. I, I, I just don't get it. I'd be completely furious about it if I were him. And uh, I, I thought our bid was totally reasonable at this time with his injuries from last year. He's not at his highest value. I'm sure they think, well, other people will be in for him maybe in January or next year. Well, that's great if people know you're going to sell him. Um, and if he hasn't played, then no one's going to be convinced, more convinced by him now. So I, I, I don't get it at all. If I'm him, I'm ticked. Yeah, and I would have liked him, James, because I not only do I like the player, but I like his adaptability. I mean, I think we don't really have that player that if we go to the 4-3-3 that can play the 10 like Awobi and create, Kudus can hang on to it. He's a great possession player. He can also play out wide. He's a really good athlete, and he's the right age, and it's kind of a bummer, man. That's all. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. I was really excited by him. I think he brings an element to the team that you know we don't have in abundance, which is definitely pace. And, and as Ryan said, he's able to keep the ball and play in tight spaces and versatile across the line, which we you know clearly obviously need. Um, so all in all, definitely probably the one that I was the most disappointed about. Um, and obviously he's top of the list for a reason. I was excited about him too, but the next one for me is, uh, Samuel Chukweze, who's been mentioned a couple times already from Villarreal. Another one who seemed like the dominoes might fall. 
this one kind of emerged late and the credibility of the people reporting it were in question, but it seems like the negotiations were well and truly on and it was would have been a loan with an obligation to buy, rumored to be either you know, between 35 and 45 million, which is a little bit eye-watering from our perspective. And I think that may have been what ultimately caused this deal to fail. But no question, this kid is a, a stud if he can stay healthy and would have offered us something very different as far as frontline options. Yeah, I like the pace. I like what he offers. He's still a little inconsistent. I mean, he gets a little sloppy with the ball. And the accusation of him is he he's not a great goal scorer. He's got that left foot. I mean, he definitely creates. He does put pressure on defenses. And you're right, he, he would give us a more vertical player on the left side that gives you a little something different that, that McNeil doesn't as much. Um, it would have been interesting, but boy, those obligation numbers seemed really high. And I wonder if that was the, the deal breaker. And the Nigeria connection with Alex Awobi and the absolutely outrageous spellings of his last name that we would have been treated to across social media would have been a treat. Uh, the other one, I think, which was the big one that seemed to be the last really, truly legitimate deal that went down to the wire was Ben Burge and Diaz for Blackburn. Another 23-year-old. Only has a year left on his deal. I know some people in the Discord are pretty high on him. Uh, the rumors we bid between 12. Um, they were asking for 15 to 20 for a guy in the last year of his deal. Obviously, he's young, but that seems really, really high and, and almost too risky for them to to risk him you know, eventually leading on possibly a free. But we weren't willing to pay that. And as we said earlier in the show, that would have given us you know four strikers, though he can play on the wing. Um, so I don't know. Are either of you too upset about us, about us missing out on this one? No, I'm kind of glad we did. I'm skeptical about it. You know, I, I think I'd be curious as to what his role was going to be. And again, in, in that scenario, don't overpay for someone that was clearly your, you know, third, fourth, fifth choice, in my opinion, based on, you know, what it seemed. I think if you brought in your center forward, and I just don't buy this idea that he can play out wide in the Premier League. At Blackburn, he's basically given free reign. He roams all over the place and plays in between the lines, and that's fine. But in the Premier League, you're not going to be able to get around the outside on these fullbacks like you can there, and he could barely do that as is. It doesn't mean he's not technical. He is, but he's not quick at all. Um, he's, he's deceptively fast, and his gift, I think, is his movement. And center forward, man, he's always moving. He runs away from the ball a lot, makes a lot of intelligent runs. He can come back and play between the lines, but I love that he runs in behind, and he's a good technical finisher, but... I just see him as a center forward. I, I just can't, I cannot see him in his game. And I've seen him a lot. I even seen some live last year. Um, I, I just can't see him as being, people are like, oh, he can play left. He'll act like Richarlison. I, I don't see that at all. So, um, and I, I kind of wonder if his movement, the way he plays is even the best fit for this team. Although it's not crazy to suggest he would have been an interesting backup to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I mean, he doesn't have his athleticism quite. Um, it doesn't quite have some of the other things he does. I mean, that's the thing. Diaz is a big guy. He's not good in the air, not particularly. Um, it's his movement and getting free and, and his ability to finish that really, I think, makes him special. Um, and just because he's not totally incompetent as a big guy up top uh, doesn't mean he necessarily can slot in in the wing. Uh, and, and I mean, I just don't see it. Um, he wouldn't have been awful, but when you have Malpe, I think you can move on. Yeah, I don't want to speak for, obviously, the fan base as a whole, but the impression that I got was that people wanted this one over the line, namely as a stopgap until Dominic Calvert-Lewin's fit, um, where he fits in the picture after, assuming he can then stay fit, uh, kind of unclear. And to fork out 15-20 for that type of role for a player is a bit of an overpay. I think we'd 
at least the three of us would all agree there. Uh, a few more, you know, miscellaneous ones. Gonzalo Borges from Porto, 21-year-old winger, can play on both wings. Kind of fits that versatile wide role. I haven't seen him a ton, but it, obviously the, the age profile fits, the positional versatility fits. Uh, Ryan, anything else to add on uh, on Borges? I haven't seen him that much. He really hasn't played outside of Porto B a whole lot. I mean, he's played on youth teams, Portugal. Um, looks like a talent, you know, but I didn't seem like the type of guy that's going to get in and necessarily be impactful either way. But, you know, it would have been nice to have a versatile young talent and kind of fill them in in the same way as Gardner in theory could do so in the midfield. But that may not be a player you need to get right now. So if the price wasn't right, then it's okay to move in and move on. And maybe you'll find and, and go after and start to leverage some of the advantages we have with the the work permit rules in South America in January. And I just get this feeling that people are going to panic off the world cup. People are going to be, have injuries and things. And, and maybe that was a little bit of the thinking. Um, this next guy, I think would have had a more immediate impact. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. The, the next guy he's alluding to is of Jao Pedro, of course, of, of Watford, 20 years old, some eye-watering numbers similar for Jao Pedro that were rumored. We had a bit of 25 million plus 5 million in add-ons rejected by them. Um, that seems really high for them to turn down, but it was also fairly late in the window. This was also one we were kind of linked with sporadically for the last few weeks. One that I would have been really excited by again, the versatility up front, um, would have been really great and just so young and so much time to develop and, you know, just taking another player off of Watford at the right age and developing them and, and presumably selling for a profit later on. Um, so one that got away, he's going to go for big money. Uh, which for again for a twenty year old thirty million is is truly crazy, but that's the market these days. Uh, even with sort of the post COVID, I guess deflation that we've seen to some extent, the fees are still for young players uh, jumping the shark a little bit. If if I guess that would be my two cents. Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm an expert on the guy, but it definitely seemed like quite a lot of money. So it's surprising that we would you know bid so much for him, make him essentially our most expensive signing of the summer that way. He's so good though. Uh, I mean, he's only 20. And so, so I remember watching him in Brazil and he was just such a freak athlete that he stood out at an incredibly young age, like 17. And you're like, what, how can this kid be 17? And when you watch him play in Watford, his game has really evolved. He almost plays as more of a 10. Um, but I mean, he's got a great first touch. He's a good athlete. He can score. He can pass. He can run with a ball. He can run off the ball. He never stops running. He's super active. I mean, it. it's just, it reminds, I mean, he fits the profile, you know, he fits the the Morgan Gibbs white constantly in movement, you know, and, and Pedro is so smooth too. Um, that's the thing. I mean, is he going to step in and be that sort of level of player immediately? Maybe not, but Boy, I mean, he's just got such a high ceiling, you know, like Onana has a really high ceiling. This kid's got every bit that high ceiling as a center forward or even kind of like a second striker, even a 10. And I could see him slotting in if we played the 3-4-3, three, three, which is really more of a 3-4-2-1. I think the way it's described with twin 10s, I mean, he could slot right in there. I, I think that being said, when Malpe finally came, like I think Pedro's better role would have been kind of the backup striker and filling in some other areas. And then you could have maybe, you know, saved that money for elsewhere. Um, so I kind of had a feeling it might not happen, but when Newcastle moved for Isaac, you thought, oh, maybe this might, and maybe it just happened too late. Rumor was we made a bid on Wednesday, but I, I don't know how true, how true that is. Um, yeah, you know, this one, you just hope this one isn't one that got away, you know? 
Completely agree. Um, and I think that we also had a Shamar Nicholson from Spartak Moscow who was linked, which didn't seem to be uh, very serious at all. And I think that kind of takes us through some of the major rumors. Obviously, there were others. It's silly season. There's going to be we're going to be inundated with ridiculous rumors. But we do want to now open up the floor, give folks a chance to come on stage. And what we're looking, obviously, the window has now closed. And Farhad Moshiri's open letter to the fans, he said, judge us at the end of the window. And so we are going to do just that. We are going to give our grades on the window, as some have already done. But uh, we'll go first, obviously, the three of us, and then open it up to you guys. Come on. We'd love to hear your grade for the window, as well as uh, the move that you are most happy with or pleased by or excited about. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to steal from Nick Weinstein on earlier. I'm going to give us a flat B, not a plus or a minus. I think really if we had gotten Kudus over the line, Chukwesi over the line, would have been looking at a solid A- minus to an A. But um, between – and I also agree with him in that the outgoings were really important, free up a lot of wages, a lot of flexibility for future windows. It's not just the here and now. It's the long-term view and the vision that's being – uh, executed by Lampard and Thelwell and company. So a solid B for me. Um, pretty pleased with the business overall. I think we have a solid squad with more depth than we did last year. And barring any horrific injury record this season, knock on wood there in a big way, um, I'm going to say that we're pretty comfortably safe this season. And uh, I, f- I feel pretty confident about that. Hopefully it doesn't come back to bite me. Alex, uh, what are you next? Your grade on the window. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with a B plus. <clears throat> you know, if you if you take it from, you know, a couple of different perspectives, I think financially it worked out really well. I think we got um, quite a few uh, good deals down. Um, I think, you know, we we signed the right type, you know, the profile of players in terms of ages, the older guys, you know, uh, Connor Cody, Lone, um, you know, Tarkovsky, Free, Ghana, 2 mil. Um, you know, nothing necessarily wrong with that, obviously, wages aside. We got a lot of high earners off the books, obviously, with, you know, contracts ending, Delhi gone, you know, Gomez obviously uh, splitting the wages. So those are good things. I think that we've, you know, strengthened in quite a few positions. Midfield is obviously clear. You know, the intent signing of Onana is, is big for us. Um, the defense, I think it is better than it was um, last year. You know, I, I think it's a lot better than it would be, uh, especially with certain injuries we have now. Um, I also think, you know, I don't know that the attack is stronger um, in, in general that, you know, from last year. Uh, so that, that really is the biggest thing that's holding me back. Um, so overall, I think it was a positive window. I think we did a lot of business that we really needed to do in and out. And I'm hoping that, you know, this is kind of a, a new front for us moving forward. I think we forgot that Andy longer went out. <laughs> we did. We have not mentioned him leaving. That's fair. Are you suggesting that's not not a big impact? Is that that? Uh, sorry, I, I I revised to an A plus. I forgot about that. Totally I, I didn't serious. know. He I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I got to think about it a little bit. I don't know if I can give a grade. It's been just a crazy day. Um, somewhere in the middle, somewhere. I don't even know what that means. I the only problem I have is I still look at this team and I know it's the injuries, but I look at this team and I just don't. I don't think we're appreciably more talented than a vast majority of the teams in the league. And I look at the business that other people did, and I think it's got to be judged relative to that. Again, I know we have restrictions here. I'm not saying we don't. Uh, I was encouraged by some of the moves out. Um, not many permanents, but knowing that the keen money will be there at the end of June, um, it, it helps. 
Um, and look, this is a longer process. It's going to take time to really turn over this roster and, and get guys and turn over this first team to the extent that they want and start to build people in Frank's image. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I look at that back line at times. We're playing a back five, and I, I'm not sure any one of those five players back there are above average Premier League players or even average. So that concerns me, you know, and I still see us as giving up the third mo- third highest XA, uh, XGA of anybody in the league so far. And I, I just, I mean, I need to see, we got to change our behavior a little bit as a team. And I, I, I don't know if Ghana himself ultimately is going to be able to change that. I mean, the players we brought in to immediately improve the team, there weren't many. Um, I think Malpe and Ghana are going to make a big difference. I hope it's big enough so that we're not stressed out or sweating because I think it likely will be a concern uh, for a while unless we get healthy and get healthy fast. Brian wouldn't give us a rating, but hopefully our guest coming up will commit to a letter grade. Uh, typical Ryan, non-committal, but I, I respect it, Ryan. I, I know you're uh, diplomatic to the extreme, so I'll give you credit there. Let's get uh, let's get some folks up on here again. If you want to come up, just raise your hand. We will cycle through and just try to be relatively quick so we can get as many people up as possible. Again, looking for the letter grade and the move you're most excited by. If you want to name a couple, obviously, that is fine. We'll start with Clayson. Get him up in here. Hey, Clayson, you there? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I'd, I'd, give, I'd give us a solid B. I mean, to the you know points been made, didn't bring in any impact attackers. That would have made us, I think, given us an A grade. But, you know, we brought in young players. We got out some of the dead weight. Um, really, when you think about it, the only players we added with the wrong age profile are Ghana and Tark. And those were moves made out of necessity given, you know, the financial situation and the need for folks who could just come in and play right away and be, you know, somewhere between solid and, and good. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a B pretty clearly. So who's and, your, who's your, who are you most excited about? Oh, Onana. That's, that's a silly question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, he, he, he could be a 60, $70 million sale to Man City in a couple of years or a club of that stature. I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, and, and I'm so excited that we spent big money on young players and not the other way around. I mean, think about spending, what, a combined $20 million or something on three players over the age of 25. I think that's perfect because, I mean, I, I kind of think about it as if you bring in six players in a window, one should be young, you know, kind of ready to be on the bench and play a little. Two to three should be, you know, in their early prime, so you know, kind of early 20s. Um, one or two in their late prime, late 20s, and if you have to, one, you know, over 30. Um, and I think we, we almost hit that perfectly. Um, unlike past windows when we've been spending, you know, bigger money, um, and, and more money and on older players. So, you know, I think in the context of what we've been living through the last couple uh, seasons and last couple windows, um, you know, feels like one of the better windows, despite the lack of, you know, immediate snappy, um, attacking impact players. There's some coherence in the strategy, it appears, right? I mean, it, it's I, I think it's very obvious that these players were identified clearly um, from the recruitment function. Like no one came out of blue via an agent or something like that. I don't think. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think. No Algazis. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, right. I, I right. So there is intent there. I mean, it's similar to kind of Brands' first window, just without the money. Uh, and actually, second window had intent, too. But even then, you look back and it turns out a lot of those guys, the fees were outrageous and the wages were outrageous because they were identified right. But the negotiation done by other people. Now, we still have a little bit of that issue, I think, 
Um, and you know, who knows what the wages that these guys are on, but it looked like, and it appeared that we made a conscientious effort to divest of high wage players, even via loan for now. And that's fine. And, uh, no one we brought in, I think we looked at and saying, Hey, they're going to be making crazy money. And I think even guys on free Tark isn't, um, and I don't believe Ghana is, even though he's still a, a pretty darn good player. So yeah, the mix seems close to being right clay right i mean i i i'd love to have that you know spend big on a big impact player but i think we're going to see that in future windows but especially with the new financial fair play regulations coming out and by uefa and and the pl is going to focus a little bit more on, on wages and things like that it's smart to get the wage bill under control because it's been out of control for way too long yeah i to- totally agree and i think one of the most underrated moves um and probably one of the most important moves was getting delhi out on loan, both for financial reasons, but also just for the squad and cohesion. And, you know, we've got a lot of young guys on the team who, you know, we all have high hopes for. And I don't think he's the kind of guy you want in the locker room, especially if he's not playing. Like, I think he's kind of lazy by all accounts and, you know, someone who, you know, w- will be looked up to in a weird way, given his early career success. And he just he just strikes me as, you know, maybe a nice guy to be around, but not the best influence, not the best kind of you know, locker room character guy um, in that respect. So I think, I think there's, there's value in getting guys like him and guys like Gomes who just aren't, uh, aren't a part of the plan out on loan. So they're not hanging around the squad, you know, taking up spots on the bench um, and, and taking up, you know, those kind of appearances here and there from players that, uh, that we want to be around long-term. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of value in that just from a squad cohesion and planning standpoint beyond just the financial benefits. So you know, all things considered, I think a, a good window, not a great window. Um, but, and I know we've talked about this before, we have to go big on defense next, you know, summer, if not this winter. Like, our back line is just a mess. $10 million savings, too. Let's not forget that. Can't exactly. forget it. Can't forget it. Thanks, Clayson. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, guys. All right, next up, we have, let's go with uh, A.A. Ron himself. And we've got a couple more, and then we're going to wrap things up. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Hey, hey, Ron, are you there? Yes, sir. Can you guys hear me okay? We can. Are you drinking a beer right now like you are in your picture? Um, I should be. I'm not at the moment. <laughs> I'm okay. not far away. That may be a good sign. He may have a high grade for the window. He's not sulking. Or <laughs> <laughs> celebrating, though. Not yet, at least. So hit us with it, man. What's your, uh, what's your grade and the, the move you're most excited about? Yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B plus. I was thinking a maybe a minus, but I'm gonna call it a B plus. Um, I think there's a lot of really positive takeaways to the window. Um, the first of which probably being some financial competency for the first time we've seen in a minute. Um, I think Brian made a good point that this is a you know this is a two to three year plan. We're not gonna you know we shouldn't have expected. Frank and Kevin to come in and turn us into a, you know, top six team in, you know, a couple of months. So I think knowing that this is a long process, knowing that we're making a lot of the right moves to get that started, um, I think is really good. And I think there's a lot to be said for, uh, you know, the deals that we didn't make just as much as the ones we did. Um, the um, Chukwizi, I'm probably saying that name wrong, but um, that deal that, you know, an obligation to buy for 45 million. I'm, I'm glad we didn't make that deal. I think he could have been an impact player. I think he's got pace. He's got, you know, solid qualities, but I don't think 45 million would have been good business. And the fact we didn't make that deal, if we trust the rumors that that was the price, um, I think that's a good sign, you know, early links in the window, whether they're true or not to, you know, 30 million for Connor Gallagher, stuff like that. Um, 
you know, it's good that we didn't make those deals. We didn't, you know, get into a panic buy situation where we caved to spending 20 million on Brereton Diaz. Um, you know, that's another good example. So I, I, I really like that. And one thing that I don't know, unless it happened in like the two, three minute stretch in the middle that I, my audio wasn't working. I don't know how we've gone all the way through an Everton transfer window space and have not mentioned anything about Anthony Gordon. Um, and the fact that he has, you know, he ended up staying put. There were rumors, was it 60 million, was it million, you know, whatever the case may be. If, if the truth is that the best offer was 40 million, I'm not upset that we held on to him. Um, I, I think, you know, he could, he's a couple, you know, minor skill pieces away, getting his head up when he's making runs, um, and not trying to dribble too much through traffic and just trying to, you know, play the right pass. I think he's those couple pieces away from possibly an 80 to a hundred million dollar valuation at his age. He's so close to being just this dynamic player. And I think if he gets there, you know, we're going to be glad that we held on to him for, you know, 40 million pounds. So, um, I think that's a really big move as well. Um, I think that's really important. And then my biggest, um, the one I'm most excited for, maybe not for the long term, but the mo- one that was most necessary, I think, is the Malpay signing. Um, just because, you know, I feel like we've every the last four or five game, pretty much every game we've played this season, um, you know, we've been, you know, an attacking threat away from walking away from with, you know, three points instead of one point or one point instead of no points. So, um, not and not knowing realistically how many starts or games we're going to get out of DCL this year. Yeah, he's getting healthy soon, but who's to say he doesn't get hurt again? We're going to need someone to step up, and we've been a goal scorer away from, uh, you know, compete getting points and getting results out of these games that we haven't been lately. So, um, knowing that we have that piece in, I think that that's going to make a big difference, and it's a little bit of a security blanket in case DCL gets hurt again, which we know is possible. So. Um, that's the one that I'm looking most forward to, or I'm the most excited about because, you know, we've gotten, you know, three points out of 15. And I think that would have been different if we had a quality threat in. So that's my, that's my take. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I think, I think you spoke really well and also keeping us honest with not mentioning Anthony Gordon up until now. Glad we got the mention in. And I, I, though I'm not sure he'll ever be an 80 to hundred million player. I think the, the sentiment there of like, he was 40 to 60 on what he did last season for us. He can definitely definitely be worth significantly more given he already has two goals on the season and two non-deflected goals in my dad. So uh, I think that's a really good call out. All right, Aaron, thanks very much. Sorry, sorry to cut you off if you were going to say something else, but we do want to keep it moving here. We're trying to wrap things up. Let's get the Robert Morrison himself, who for some reason Uh-oh. we don't follow. He might uh, have some choice words for you, Alex, but we'll bring him on anyway. I had to uh, face the music earlier with Sean, so now you have to uh, take on Robert. Robert, are you there? Can you hear me? Hopefully he's here. Yeah, we can. How are you doing? Um, so this is right in my wheelhouse, unlike Ryan, because I am an educator by trade, so I can I can do grades all day and all night. Um, <laughs> so perfect. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with, with, with AA Ron with the, the B+, plus, I think. Um, filled in some holes, um, got some players in there that are, are going to be immediate guys who are going to help us, particularly Ghana. Um, I'm glad to finally be done having that conversation about whether or not he's coming or not. Um, but and now he's he's back, so all good. But um, also, uh, I think the thing about the plan that that has been mentioned a couple of times and the fact that there seems to be a sense of like we need to make sure that we can stay up for this year. Um, and that's not going to be a problem. And it feels like that is a little bit more secure now. Um, but then also thinking about like 
what's the future going to look like? And are we going to be able to continue to build so that when somebody like Ghana is kind of aging out of being useful, we have a plan in mind for what kind of player do we need to, to replace him with? And I don't think we necessarily got him in this window, but it is nice to see that we're moving in the right direction. And um, hopefully we won't have to, to have the fear uh, factor that was last season. And we can, you know, even if we're comfortably, you know, like 13th or whatever, uh, at least it's comfortably there. And, and I think that'll be okay. Um, so I guess the, my two favorite, uh, would be just the the Ghana Onana pairing again. It's kind of the one for now, one for the future. And then I think Onana has shown that he's he's got something for now. It might not be a regular starter, um, but I think they're going to help each other out. I, I don't know if you guys saw uh, Ghana's interview um, from coming back in uh, this afternoon, and but he was just talking about like he had nothing but nice things to say about about Onana, and it's, I think they're going to be really good for each other. So really excited to see them working together be it just a training thing or if they get a chance to play together, I think they can be good for each other for sure. Yeah, it's a good shout. I can't believe we didn't mention already uh, in the space or anyone mentioned how they, you know, kind of knew each other prior and whatnot. So that should be good and hopefully complement each other well in the midfield. And to your point too, I mean, Onana definitely, I think he can, he can show that he can get a run of games and, and do it, do a job for sure. Yeah. I think him having a more precise, like now I think the, the trouble so far has been, like not him not really knowing what he needs to do. And now that he has like the coverage from Agana being behind him, I think maybe he he'll be given the opportunity to push forward a little bit more um, and create more havoc in that way, as opposed to having to, to cover so much ground defensively, which I think um, we've talked about that a little bit. Like he just some, there are some times when he just looks unsure as to what he's supposed to do. And I think if you maybe simplify it for him as he's getting into the, the premier league and getting his legs under him, I think he's going to be in a lot better shape and really useful moving forward. Awesome. Thanks, Robert. Really appreciate uh, your expertise in grading as well. That yeah, absolutely. A, a really absolutely. Nice addition. Enjoy the rest of your night, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I just want to say everyone is very optimistic um, after this window. I mean, I'm not saying the window was bad. I think it was good, all things considered, but you geez, need to take a look feels... in, the, in the mirror, Ryan. That's what it I'm is. just looking at the team. If ever I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the team. Well, I, just look. I mean, I'm looking at the team, and I just don't see that many above-average Premier League players in it. Uh, I, I think that's kind of my concern. So um, I'm just being honest. I mean, no. I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I just... The other teams around the Premier League spent a lot of money, and a lot of guys got a lot of talent. And even those middle mid-level teams now are pretty smart and pretty well-managed, relatively speaking. And, you know, we didn't get much of a chance to, to spend a lot of money. I mean, I, I hope... I hope there are three that are considerably worse and it'll be fine. I mean, I've said in the past that we have to do so many things wrong in order to put ourselves even close to being relegated. And that happened last year. And obviously we started off on a better foot than that, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm still concerned. So I mean, results wise, we really haven't started off better. We've actually started off much, much worse, but I, I, I do take your point, Ryan, though, uh, Aaron in our discord, which if you're not in, uh, almost all the speakers who've come up today are in, so you should join invite.gg slash ATP. Um, Aaron's dubbed, uh, has dubbed you the conductor of the pessimism train. And it's funny that you say like, everyone's optimistic. We're like, Oh yeah, we're going to finish 12th, 13th. Like that's going to be great. Whereas pretty much every season prior, we're talking about pushing for Europe and that would be overly optimistic, overly optimistic this year is we're not going to be in a relegated battle at the very end of the season. So it just, it's all relative, of course, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I take your point, Ryan, but I'm trying to stay optimistic because otherwise I'll just go crazy. 
But we've got a couple more folks we wanted to get up here. We've got Jackson, who's been waiting a very long time. Appreciate your patience, Jackson. We'll get you up here. And then we've got uh, Jack, who's waiting as well. And then we're going to wrap things up. Hey, Jackson, are you there? Hi. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can. Right, perfect. So um, I would personally give this window prop because I'm going to rate it in um, how much do we back Frank? Probably around like a B, maybe B minus. I mean, it was pretty clear from the beginning that Frank wanted another winger. And I mean, yeah, we couldn't really provide him one. There wasn't really that many on the market that were in our price range. But I feel like we probably could have managed something. Um, I do agree with Ryan also of um, what team needs three strikers. But it seemed Frank really wanted a third because we kept getting linked to them. Um, But other than that, we strengthened our defense, I think, significantly since last season. I think Darkowski and Cody are both going to be pretty good. Um, our midfield is definitely stronger. And if we start playing a 4-3-3, I think it will be perfect. Um, my favorite signing so far, this is probably like a bit controversial, but I really like James Garner. I think he has potential to be a really good player in our future. So, I, I mean, I think this season with the amount of center mids we have, there's no way he's going to get much more playing time than a rotation player. But I think next season we're really going to start seeing him take off as a player and start playing much more. Awesome, Jackson. Any uh, any last final thoughts? I mean, I think it seems like everyone's pretty consistent right around the B range, but uh, I like that we have a diversity in opinion as far as favorite signings go. Any final thoughts before we move on to Jack? Uh, uh, just one, really, and that was kind of me agreeing with Ryan of, oh, that Joe Pedro deal was so close and yet so far. I mean, it came out when, like, I think it was like a week before deadline day that we told Watford we were going to make a bid, and then we just never did until deadline day which I think is bizarre. It seems and, strange, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, I thought I'm it questioning strange. that a little bit, you know? Like, everything came out of, all right, Newcastle put in the bid. We're going to try and hijack it. Then Newcastle signed Isaac. I'm like, all right, great. We can put in the bid. You never came. Yeah, I got some questions. That's really how it went down. You know, um, it seemed like several times in the window we were in on someone and we we're good at keeping it under wraps. And when it came out, more competition kind of popped up. I mean, we didn't even talk about the... Ukrainian mess, uh, Neymar, but, uh, and oh, that, that may, that may have been a problem. I mean, I, you know, it may have been one of those things that we, we had to be really cost conscious this summer. And if too much competition got in, we just weren't willing to kind of take it any farther. And that's tough, right? Cause I mean, you see those players and see those names it almost kind of is a letdown for us as, as fans, but you know, there, there's a lot that people don't know about some of these deals. I mean, I wonder how close we were to some of the other guys earlier in the window, but when you can't buy until July because you're not even compliant with, um, you know, uh, Premier League rules, I mean, you're, you're pretty limited in what you can do. Yeah, that's true. But luckily, there are some decent free agents out in the market that we could pick up. Like, worst comes to worst, we get another defensive injury. I personally rate, uh, I believe it's pronounced Denayer, Jason Denayer from the Oak, who's now a free agent pretty highly. And I think it's kind of weird he doesn't have a team yet. Uh, there is No, he's a good player. He's really quick playing a three really well, I think. I think there's some more questions as a two, but as a free, he may be asking for crazy wages too. I thought he was moving to someone, but I think I saw that and it didn't quite happen. There are some free free agents that are worth looking at though. That, that's yeah, true. He was linked to uh, Torino around the time when Bremer and Juventus were about to go through and then it like collapsed for some reason. Who did Torino get? Torino get Per Schurz? I think they did. Uh, yes, they did. I think it was a he, loan though. 
Let me. Yeah, I mean, I think they may have an option to buy. Otherwise, that'd be really weird, right? He is a real talented kid, by the way. I mean, there are not too many guys with his length that that have his deadly right foot and have his. I mean, he can move. Is is his agility is there too? He's he gets out of position like any young player would, but he's pretty talented. Yeah, that is interesting. You got to figure someone's going to scoop up a couple of these guys. You would think for sure. Yeah, but at least there's a backup, like what I hope is a backup plan of, oh, no, somebody gets injured. There's plenty of decent free agents on the market. There's uh, Zagadu, who I don't rate super highly, but he's decent as an option. I think he can also play as a DM, I've seen, so maybe that could yeah. end up happening. He's so big, that would be really but, weird. Yeah. Uh, but he's really good on the ball for guys like 6'6". Six, six, six. Yeah, I mean, the problem is you can't register him. So I would, I would think if – it'll be interesting how many of these guys take like a deal – to go into some of the other leagues, you know, that'd be very, it'd be very. And then with the Olympics coming up, like heaven knows what's going to happen. And I, I, the one thing is nice is too. I think we were, we showed restraint. That means maybe finally we could take advantage of someone else in January rather than be the opposite. Oh yeah. I was actually making a joke to one of my friends who um, was making fun of us for not going for Harry Winks when we could have in the beginning. And I literally told him flat out the fact that we just said no to Harry Winks because we didn't agree with the fee tells me we're doing something right. Because the normal Everton would have paid gladly paid like thirty five million for Harry Winks. So just the fact that we said no, even if he turns out to be like a Ballon d'Or winner, which he's never going to, I'm just happy that we actually had the guts to just say no. We're not doing this. This isn't what we want. But that's all I have to say. So thank you guys. Ross Barkley's on a free. Just say stop. All right, Jackson. Appreciate your contributions very much. I'm gonna we're gonna cut off Ryan. I might kick him from stage for suggesting that actually. Uh, <laughs> even though I know he's completely joking. All right, last but not least, we have Jack coming up. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, but we will uh bring you on stage. Give us your thoughts, and then we are going to adjourn for the evening. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can. How you doing? Good. How about y'all? I've never been on one of these before. <laughs> Well, first time. Welcome, for Jack. I am in the Discord though to to enlighten you. This is Bluest, so I can. Oh my goodness! Oh, the what's man up, man? I don't know my real name. Congratulations. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not to sort of stick with the theme that everyone else has ran with. I'd give it a B. I mean, it's hard to sort of judge it in the immediacy because I agree with everyone saying this is a two to three year thing. It's at least kind of nice to know that we're ran by people that can see past the end of their own nose. Versus two to three years down the road, the fact that we could say no to an unreasonably high deal for Ben Brereton, for Sami Chukwueze, someone like that is good to see. Old Everton definitely would not have done that. I'm sure Bill Kenwright was crying at the door when Andre Gomes was flying to France. But, I mean, I'm a little scared about relegation. But if we stay up, I think we're in a good position. And best signing in the window, obviously, I'm doing on a Quadrua Kroc, brilliant player. Uh, obviously still very raw, but the pieces are there. I like what could potentially be the partnership between him and Idrissa Gay. It reminds me a lot of it, of when he was at Leo with him and Benjamin Andre. The idea that you have that sort of well-rounded defensive player behind him that allows him to get on the ball, move forward a little bit, and be the sort of aggressive dynamo that he can be. Uh, yeah. Well, since you're the football guy, what do you think Andre Gomes going to Lille? Uh, there's, I, I put it in the discord, uh, Shad, there's absolutely no universe where Lil is paying the majority of his wages. <laughs> there just isn't. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, no chance. What do you think about him working though? In the same way as Onana did at times with Benjamin Andre kind of covering for his inadequacy, you know, it could be like your sicko Fofana check to you know, uh, <laughs> Which is really like a parasitic relationship, you know. It's he's, not, he's not people like, no, I love it when people say, "Oh, did I get the wrong one?" I said, "Seco, didn't I?" No, no.
Darn it. I was saying he's No, he's not. He's not. He's. It's interesting that Paul no, Fonseca, he's different. He doesn't work like him. But all I'm saying is it's kind of like the Ghana gay Andre Gomes relationship where people are like, they were a really good tandem. I'm like, no, fair. not really. Not really. He had one little guy who was really fast who ran around and made up for the other guy. I mean, that that doesn't sound like a good. That's not a tandem. That's that's actually a parasite by definition. Yeah. So, no, I don't think that's what it is. Uh, but I could kind of see that working in a really strange way. Maybe it is curious that Paul Fonseca apparently specifically asked for him. And that I don't know what spurned that conversation to happen, given that we've already negotiated with Lil from Juanana before, if that was a conversation I, then versus conversation now. But it was specifically asked for by the manager, which I find very curious. But are they going to play it too there? I mean, that's not Fonseca's bread and butter too. So you got to figure that's eventually going to change. And if that's the case, maybe there's more opportunities for him to do well. I, I mean, can you imagine them actually buying him and paying him anything? I can't. Oh, no, there's, uh, there's apparently came through Lukeep. There's no option to buy. I don't imagine Lil can even afford to pay his wages full time. I think this is just a stopgap until they find a replacement for Ronaldo Sanchez or find any money at all whatsoever. But yeah, it's a very curious move. Didn't really see it coming, but I hope he does well. All right, Jack, on that note, uh, we're going to let you go just so we can get out of here and adjourn. We're going on in about just, an hour, just 20 one, minutes. Just yeah, one go ahead, go really ahead. Quickly. Uh, Ryan, it's Mopé. Neil Mopé, not Malpé. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not French. <laughs> it's the it's one of the easier names to say. Come on, you it is. We, True Manny didn't get signed in the Premier League. You don't have to say Chalmany or something like that. Neil Mopé. I've actually pronounced him just fine before, uh, which is interesting <laughs> because it's such a crapshoot. The worst is when I'm sitting there watching these guys because depending on the feed you get, you get the craziest accent because you have like a Russian guy announcing a Portuguese match. And, you know, you'll have like, you know, a, a Brazilian in there or like a Spanish player. And it's like, good luck with that. Especially so, with games, there's a lot of um, yeah. Saudi announcers, a lot of yeah. Arabic flying around. Yeah, there is. It's absolutely true. So I 100% apologize if I've offended uh, any Frenchmen or French women or French people out there. Uh, it's, edu- it's educational. Love it. I love the correction of Ryan whenever possible. Thank you, Jack. appreciate you coming on. I'm okay with it. (laughs) All right, guys, that I think is going to do it for us. We very much appreciate, as always, anyone and everyone who listened to this, whether you're listening live, whether you're listening when this is released as a pod, if you are listening, um, check out our live, check out our pod, uh, American Toffee Podcast. The link is in our bio. If you are listening to this as a pod, as a reminder, leave us a rating and review on your platform of choice. We, of course, haven't even touched on the match at the weekend, the Merseyside Derby at home, going to be a crazy one. We will be with you following that match with our typical post-match analysis. We'll see you then very soon. Until then, up the toffees. Hope everyone has. I'm going to run in the bathroom and stuff real quick.